What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In studio. I got a special guest in the building with me. Now, most people, they do a lot of things to make money. But I got somebody who really makes money. My boy Jeff Turner, what's it up, man? What's up? How you doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. Man, welcome to Texas, man. Thank you. Yeah. I've never been out here before. Yeah, welcome, man. How's it been treating you so far? Good. Good. Yeah. And it's hot. Yeah. It's it's fucking like 100 (laughs) degrees outside. It's hot. It was hot back in Tennessee, but yeah, it's real hot here. Yeah. How was your flight, man? I was worried about that because yesterday it started raining and shit. Yeah. Man, they... I guess the the flight I was supposed to get was canceled, mm-hmm. and they they rescheduled it to a flight like two hours. They were supposed to take off at twelve thirty. I got to the airport at like two o'clock for the mm-hmm. other flight. Mm-hmm. So I looked. They gave me a boarding pass, and it said twelve thirty. I'm like, that's two hours ago. Yeah. So I, I was like, man, this isn't gonna work. You know what I mean? But I guess that flight was delayed, so they just switched me. So it, it uh, all it all worked out. Okay, and it wasn't no no trouble landing in Dallas. Uh, no. Okay, no. okay, because it was raining. Right about the time you were supposed to land last night, and I was like, damn, I wonder if they're just up there flying and hovering yeah. around until the storm clears. Because I just got back from um, from New York, and we were fucking hovering for like an hour yeah. waiting on thunderstorms. Waiting on I was like, fuck. But, yeah, man, glad you made it, man. Yeah, glad you made you. it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So when it comes to making money, man, I'm always intrigued about somebody who figured out how to do this shit. Because I seen this episode of, um, what was it called? It was on Greed. Um, they were talking about this guy named Albert Talton mm-hmm. from I've L.A. Heard you heard of him? Yeah, yeah. So he was from L.A., which is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And I remember him having a bunch of fuck. I remember a bunch of counter money, counterfeit money in the streets. Mm-hmm. And it was like a big deal. And everybody was trying to buy counterfeit money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, how, does he, how did he figure that shit out? You know what I'm saying? How do you, I'm, always, I'm always intrigued on how people can figure out how to do this shit, man. Yeah. And so tell the people, like, we're going to get into your story, but tell the people what you were arrested for. Um, well, uh, when I was originally arrested, it was on state charges because I was set up, and mm-hmm. they, the Secret Service was my arresting officers or whatever, but they didn't have any evidence uh, against me. Like, there was no case. They didn't know who I was until this guy set me up. Mm. And then they arrested me. So I, the state charged me at first until the feds could build evidence, go through my, get a warrant to go through my computers, all this. So I was originally arrested on uh, criminal simulation over sixty thousand in Tennessee in, in Knox County. And then uh, about three and a half months later, the feds finally indicted me. It was a five count indictment for conspiracy to counterfeit U.S. obligations, uh, <clears throat> like a couple counts of uttering U.S counterfeit u.s obligations uh sale and manufacture of counterfeit obligations shit all because somebody told on you yeah God. man he did more than man he tried to set me up he tried to frame me for shit i don't even do <laughs> he was trying to get me to get him like a brick of heroin over really? the phone yeah he was trying to save his own ass like any way he could that's what Which, i figured i mean you know it is what it is i was I was too smart for that, at least. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I knew he got arrested, so when he asked it, we don't talk over the phone, you know what I'm right. saying? Never t- and he calls me. I knew he got arrested. And then, like, two days later, he didn't tell me he got arrested. He, he, you know what I mean? He didn't come out and say, like, oh, I got arrested up in Cleveland. He didn't say and none of that, but he, he starts talking over the phone, asking me for 700 grams of heroin. And I was like, bro, 
Like, you're out of your mind. Well, I've got to end this phone call. So, yeah. yeah. So they couldn't get me for not, none of that, but yeah. Okay. All right. So let, let's let's jump back. Let's let's rewind, man. Where are you, where are you originally from? You from Knoxville? No, I'm from, uh, well, I was born in Miami. Just, okay. just outside of Miami, a little town called Sunrise. It's like a little suburb of, you know, like Fort Lauderdale, Miami. Uh, when I was like three or like four years old, my family and I moved to uh, Palm Harbor, Florida, which is like a suburb of Tampa. Mm. And I was grew up there until um, I was about 25, and then I moved to Knoxville. So Okay. All right. What was it like? What were you as a kid, man? How were you as a kid? Were you kind of like just hyper, or were you just like a chill kid? or? Uh, shit, I don't even know, really. I mean, I, I played I played baseball until I was probably until about high school. Okay. You know, just a regular kid, I'd say, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. You okay. Know what I'm saying? Always, a pretty good childhood. Yeah, I always hear, though, that Florida is a different type of. Oh, you're talking is. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Cal. I've always seemed like California and Florida are kind of similar in, in some way. Some I, I can't put my finger on it, but, but yeah, Florida is a, a different than Tennessee or Georgia, any of the, these other states I've lived in. For yeah, sure. yeah. Were you were you dabbling like in like recreational drugs and shit like that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I started smoking weed when I was like thirteen. You know what I mean? Really? Like getting to high school, you start. You know what I'm saying? Smoking a little blunt on lunch, that kind of thing. Uh, so I, I started like kind of getting in trouble, I guess, when I was in high school. Um, start skipping school, this and that. One day, we were, me and my friends are skipping school, go skateboarding, whatever, smoking a smoking a bowl of weed. And a cop comes up and finds this weed pipe on me. So they, they arrest me at 16 and put me on probation. What? So, yeah, so, like, I was on probation, so I couldn't smoke anymore. I was getting drug tested and stuff. Um, so, like, one of my buddies felt bad that I, because I'd drive my friends to school, and we'd always smoke a blunt in the morning. But now I can't smoke. I'm on paper. So he'd always take these pills from his mom and be like well take these you know what i'm saying because they get out of your system quick so i started kind of dabbling in some percocets mm. you know um, <laughs> okay. to avoid to avoid the drug test thing so that's kind of the start of like smoking weed and getting into you know drugs which i regret doing drugs i've been sober for two years now but congrats man yeah yeah so percocets it drains out the weed in you or like the the whatever they test no, just weed. Weed takes like thirty days to get out of your system. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So you in probation, you usually get drug tested like once a month, or at least I did then. Okay. Um, and pills only take like three days to get out of your system. Oh. So you okay. know what I mean? And and you know which day you're going to get drug tested. So you, I could take Percocets every day until every day of the month until five days before my drug test, and then just stop. Mm, and okay. then piss clean, and then you know what I'm saying. Gotcha. But weed, if you smoke weed every day, you're you're failing the drug test. Yeah, sure. yeah, goddamn. Okay. And so at 16, they put you on papers. Mm-hmm. How long did you? How long were you on papers? Just a year. Just I just, a year. Uh, it was a, I was a minor, and I, it was a possession of paraphernalia charge. So they gave me one year, you know, completed that without violating or anything, get off paper at, you know, 17, and go back to smoking weed, start selling weed, all this, you know what I'm saying? Uh, by the time I was 19, I graduate high school, um, and I'm selling a good amount of weed at this point. Um, and I get pulled over, and they found a half pound of weed on me, Get put on paper again. Damn. <laughs> so that Damn. same thing as before, you know what I'm saying? I couldn't smoke, so I started taking these pills again. And, and at this point, that's when, like, the, the opioid epidemic in Florida really 
was hard, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So yeah. I started from going from Percocets to, you know, Roxy's and, you know, Dilaudid's, all, you know, the more serious pain painkillers. Yeah. Damn. And so a half a pound of weed and they you, you get locked up at all or they just? Yeah, I was in there for like a week. Oh, okay. Um, and then they, they ended up sentencing me to three years paper for that. Shit. Because that was the the first charge I got when I was 16 was I was a minor, minor. so it wasn't on my record. So when I was 19, this was the first adult charge, you know what I mean? Mm. So they, they even expunged that. If they basically said three years paper, if you complete it without violating, it'll be adjudication withheld off your record. So and I, I was able, luckily, to do three years paper without violating, you know, somehow. Yeah, <laughs> so I was. <laughs> that's usually the trap right there yeah. in the papers. And yeah. at that point in my life, I was wild you know what i mean so i don't know how but yeah i, I did the three years and yeah. got off so so when did the uh, the counterfeiting start like when did you first like start um, making money well the first time i ever tried it i was about 19 about at that time um mm. i think it did have something to do with like i was selling a lot of weed at the time making some decent money and then i got arrested for it got put on paper so like I kind of stopped selling weed. Like, I didn't, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, I knew if they caught me again with, like, a pound of weed on probation, it'd be not good, so. Yeah. Um, but at that point, I was developing a little drug habit, you know what I mean? So I, I started counterfeiting a little bit when I, when I was 19. Um, and, like, at first, they didn't look good. It was, I was a kid, you know what I mean? Just, I don't even remember, just, like, photocopying stuff, basically. <laughs> yeah. Just stupid shit that didn't work. Um, yeah. But then... Uh, I read the book. Have you ever heard of Art Williams? The Art of I've heard Money? of him. I've heard of. I think they did a, um, a episode on on oh, American damn Greed. I I don't know if it was American Greed, but it might have been on that on that channel, whatever that channel is <laughs> that they have all those crime stories on. Yeah, Vice. Yeah, Vice. It mm-hmm. might have been a Vice. He's kind of like a heavy set kind of guy, uh, or he maybe he was. No, I think you. Uh, well, I don't know. There, there's I, another guy from Canada. That that's been you know what I'm saying out there. Yeah, that I think that might be that might be the guy who I, I don't know who R. William is. Then. Yeah, well, uh, he, a book was written about him. Okay, back I, I don't know when it was released, but I I found it when I was 19. So like I started this counterfeiting thing, started trying it, and it they didn't look good. I wasn't able, you know what I'm saying. It wasn't anything. But then I read I found this book and I read it and it kind of explains how he was doing it. So like that kind of I guess opened my mind up to like actually attempting to like beat security features you know what mm, I mean because before mm. I was just trying to you know copy these pictures and make them look good but um, reading that book it kind of was like he sandwiched two sheets together to, to have a strip and a watermark and like used chroma flare car paint to make the color shifting ink and you know what I mean so reading that it kind of like opened my 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 eyes to, to actually trying to crack these you know different ways to beat these features so um, I came up with like a little recipe, started doing it, and the bills actually worked. You know what I mean? They passed. I was selling them to this guy. Um, and then, like, I was selling this guy through a friend of mine. Mm. Um, and he ended up overdosing and dying. So, like, I, I didn't, I couldn't link up with the guy I was selling them to anymore. So I just stopped doing it. Um, but I did that for like six months when I was 19. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm going to pause you real quick. So most people don't know that. There are multiple security features mm-hmm. in money because I know me. I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, the little strip that's in there, that's the only security feature that's on money. Can you explain, like, what are some of the <clears throat> security features? Um, 
Well, there's a lot, really. Uh, <laughs> so there's, let's see. First of all, bills are printed on starch-free paper. So um, they've got the counterfeit detection pens. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why counterfeit bills will mark black. Real bills will mark yellow. Because mm. there's uh, the ink in those pens is iodine-based. So the iodine reacts with starch and turns black. But money's printed on starch-free paper, so it stays yellow when you mark it. Mm. So that's kind of like the main, I guess, security feature in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, or just a way to test, you know, legitimate currency from counterfeit. Yeah. Um, so it's printed on, on that kind of paper. Uh, the, the process of, it, of printing on it is called an intaglio press, the way that the BEP actually makes them, which mm-hmm. is like really high pressure and like it's like a negative plate that's carved with the image so then you rub ink in it and it gets in the the grooves and then so when you when you press it down the ink actually stands above the paper a little bit Mm. and that's what gives it texture so that's kind of another way people test them like scratching the shirt they say like feeling the texture of the ink oh okay um and then like the the paper is manufactured with red and blue fibers little tiny if you take like a magnifying glass to the bill there's tiny little red and blue hairs throughout it really yeah um, mm. There's color shifting ink uh, in the little 100 in the corner that shifts from, you know, now it's copper to green. It was green to black, you know, different uh, color shifting pigments. And then there's, you know, the strip and the watermark inside the bill. The strip glows red under UV light on a $100 bill. Each denomination of bill glows a different color. Different color. But I was doing hundreds and it glowed red. Um, mm. You know, the watermarks are all different for different denominations. Um, <clears throat> trying to think of other ones. I mean, there, there's a lot of other like yeah. infrared and magnet. The ink they they print money on is magnetic, so you can actually pick up if you have a neodymium magnet, you can pick up a bill off the ground. You know, what I mean? really, it's magnet. That's how like bill validators and machines check check legitimate currency. So there's mm. there's a lot of different features, okay. and I'm sure there are some that I don't, I probably don't even know about. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they they keep certain ones kind of secret. You know, what I mean? yeah. they try to. Yeah. Okay. All right, so nineteen, the guy who you're you're selling the, the 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 counterfeit money through, he passes away, so you're not able to get a hold. So you kind of stop. How long did you stop for? Like, um, well, I I did it for about six months. My buddy passes away, so I I couldn't link up with the guy I was selling to anymore. So I just decided to stop. Um, which I mean, I made some money. You know, I mean, I was I was selling like. Uh, I was probably making like a thousand bucks every couple weeks, you know what I mean? So it wasn't like anything crazy, but you know, when you're 19 and I was making some money selling weed, I couldn't do that anymore. So that was just kind of like a hustle I had Mm -hmm. and it worked for a little while, but I didn't, at that point I thought the penalties for counterfeit, I always heard it was like huge, you know what I mean? Which really isn't the case. Um, (laughs) But anyway, so I just stopped doing it. Um, And you know, I, kept doing drugs just ba- after that it was basically kind of typical florida you know life just typical really. yeah, yeah, yeah i got into the pill scene started selling pills you know pretty much everybody did back then mm. uh, everybody in my circles at least but yeah, yeah. um you know selling pills sponsoring people to go to doctor shopping all that kind of crazy stuff that was going on back doctor then. shopping was the uh so, like, in Florida, now there's a pill monitoring system. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So if you go to a doctor and he writes you oxycodone, that, that goes in a database. 
So you can't go to another doctor and get another script oxycodone mm. written without it like red flagging and the DEA numbers getting involved and stuff. Gotcha. But, okay. But back then that wasn't the case. Like I could go to a doctor, get 120 Roxy 30s, and then go to another doctor and do it again, and go to another doctor and do, you know what I mean. So a lot of people would just doctor shop. They, yeah. Okay. They, but most of the people doing that were like drug addicts that didn't have the money to do it so people would sponsor them you know what i mean mm. so i'd pay the 250 dollars for you to go to the doctor and get your script and then you give me half your script you know what i mean so mm. it was like okay but everybody was doing that kind of stuff back then that was it was the wild west in florida <laughs> back then yeah god damn okay and so um from 19 that's at 19 what year is this around what year are we talking at that point it was probably 2007 to 2012 like there was okay. a five-year period of of that and that's that's kind of where my drug addiction formed you mm. know bad at that point because i was just you know getting hundreds of roxies every day selling them you know doing all this stuff uh, i've developed a pretty bad addiction at that point i mean i've always been functioning i wouldn't say it was a bad addiction but i was doing a lot of drugs you know what i mean yeah yeah but uh you know i always was able to keep a job and you know function pay my bills i was never like a bad bad on it like that but um but you know i just kind of got tired of that lifestyle so by the time i was like 25 uh 26 i met this girl she had a couple kids from a previous marriage so and she was like kind of a good girl you know what i mean didn't didn't really do much uh bad stuff whatever um so we, we started dating and decided to kind of move up to Tennessee to kind of get away from, from Florida for a while. Okay. Um, so we ended up doing that, moving to uh, Knoxville. And I, I tried to quit doing drugs, and it worked for like six months, but then I ended up like stumbling across this really big pill dealer, and I just got back into it. But, again, like I had a good job. I was working at a sign company. Mm, okay. Um, so, you know functioning but still kind of maintaining my drug habit uh, yeah yeah but things were i wasn't really doing anything on the street like it wasn't committing crimes really besides just buying pills from a personal use um and you know did that for probably four or five years just working this job doing the family thing we ended up getting married and having a couple kids um so like by the time I don't even know what year it was, but I did that for like four or five years. Um, and then at that sign company, I end up uh, wrecking a bucket truck and losing my job. Mm. So like I basically found myself with, you know, two stepkids, two kids of my own. One of them was like a newborn baby. The lease was up. We were renting a house. The lease was up in like a month or two and I lose my job. So, and I had a drug habit, so I didn't have, like, savings or anything. You know right. what I'm saying? It was yeah. just, I was living paycheck to paycheck, basically. So, I was in this situation to where I was, like, fucked, basically. You know what I mean? I need money fast to renew the lease. Just all this shit. Yeah, back against the wall. Just got to yeah. figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. How long before, um, like, shit was going to really hit the fan? Was it, like, you were, like, <clears throat> down to the last month that you need to renew? or Basically, I think there was, like, two months Mm. It was like I lost my job, maybe maybe less than that, like a month and a few weeks or a couple of weeks or something. I, I kind of figured, like I remember thinking, well, if I find a job, if it takes me a couple of weeks to get a job, and then they hold the first paycheck, and then they get paid, I was like, I'll miss this month's rent, and then they the landlord won't want to renew the lease because I'll be, you know. So it just, I figured in my head, like if I don't 
make something happen soon. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not, you know. So I, I basically at that point decided to go back to the the street life, committing crimes, yeah, I guess, whatever you, know. you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, which, you know, I was cool just working the job, you know, because I did all that street shit for so long. It was like I was kind of over it. You know what I mean? I wanted to settle down, raise a family. Um, but, yeah, but then that that all happened, and it was like it, now I'm now I'm out here committing crimes out of desperation. You know what I mean? Like, because I need to to support my kids. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, basically, uh, so I was thinking, like, I, I could sell drugs, but I didn't really want to do that because I didn't – I moved to Knoxville and, like, started a family. So I wasn't, like – I didn't know a bunch of people in the streets and stuff. Like, I I knew some drug dealers, but no, you know, people to sell drugs to. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of out of the out of the question. Um, man, I thought about every – like, I – you know, I was thinking about robbing banks, anything, you know what I'm saying? Like, you you know, when you're up against the wall with a newborn baby, like, I'm not going to be homeless, you know what I mean? So, but counterfeiting kind of uh, seemed like the, the safest option, the easiest, you know, just print money, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, and at that point, uh, I met this dude at the sign company I was working at, and, uh, you know, he, he like, uh, he told me he sold some weed and, like, he, you know, a little bit of coke or whatever, but, uh, but then he got fired from the sign company. I hadn't really talked to him again. And then I got fired. So now I'm on, uh, 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 another friend that worked at the sign company basically just called me and was like, if you need any, any dope or whatever, call this dude. You know what I mean? So I called him one day and go over to his house and he was like, he wasn't just selling weed. He had heroin, meth, you know, coke. <laughs> Bottle, bottles of lean, yeah. pills, all sorts of shit, <laughs> yeah, and, and yeah. a good amount of it. You know what I mean? So, I was surprised. So I, damn, I basically <clears throat> brought up to him, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm I'm fucked right now. I need. I'm, I think I'm gonna start printing money again. You know, if you wanna re up, you know, I'll give you these bills and you go re up down in Atlanta with them. You know what I'm saying? We could work work out some kind of deal. And he was cool with that. So, I basically kind of just you know started this process of like and i had a recipe when i was 19 but i wanted to make them i I mean i wanted to make bills that you know could not be detected you know for the most part Mm -hmm. um so yeah i kind of tweaked the methods i was using um experimented with different like makeups and stuff to make color shifting uh pigments and you know what, what kind of printer what kind of printer did you have at that point at that point just a regular shitty little Canon printer. You really? know what I mean? Like I wasn't when I decided to start counterfeiting again, I was in this fucked up financial spot. You know what I mean? So I didn't have money to like invest in equipment really. Yeah, yeah. But I'm a graphic designer, so like really like even your regular shitty printer is pretty good quality printer. It's more of the files that you know what I'm saying, the digital images. Mm. So like I uh basically focused on making the digital images as sharp and clean as I could, which, you know, even with the shitty $40, $50 printer at Walmart, like, you can, if the files are really high resolution and, and clean, then you can you can make them look good off of a shitty little printer, really. And and the better printers you get, the even better, you know what I mean? Nowadays, inkjets are, uh, you can, I mean, practically print microprinting on a, on a two $300 printer, you know what I mean? Yeah, shit. That's what the Secret Service is like scrambling about it's because now like just about anybody can print high quality looking bills you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah. if you have like these recipes and like f- 
if you can beat the security features, the the, the resolution of the prints isn't a problem anymore. You know, what I mean? you yeah. used to you used to need these big ass presses and you know offset presses to get this fine resolution, but yeah, technology's gotten pretty crazy in the past 10, 10 15 years. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Damn. And so once you meet the guy and you tell him you can start, you know, you're going to start printing money again, how soon after do you like go into action or you start getting him the money? Um well, I went into action immediately is like trying to, you know, experiment with uh different ways and get these bills to look good like but it probably took me i'd say a month to uh to actually have like a finished product you know what i mean because mm. like the paper i was using when i was younger uh like it couldn't couldn't deal with it so i, I wanted to find a new type of paper to use and i knew it needed to be thin to sandwich two sheets together and uh i was having like a problem with the opacity of the paper you know what i mean so like tracing paper is a good thickness but it's like translucent mm. you know what i mean so you can't print a strip in a watermark on tracing paper you know what i mean because you'll just see it right through the right face through, of the bill yeah. it needs to be the paper needs to be um you know dark enough to where you can't see it through the bill but if you hold it up to the light you can see it you know what i mean yeah. so it has to be have that good balance of opacity yeah um and just like randomly somehow forget how I, I think i was just experimenting with every kind of paper i could find you know what i mean and eventually i stumbled across bible paper I, I mean i was looking at like tissue paper toilet different toilet papers the paper <laughs> that toilet paper rolls are packaged in fucking uh you know wrapping paper just everything you know any kind of thin paper i'd i'd test it and see but eventually i found bible paper the, mm. the thin paper and bibles yeah and it worked perfectly i mean really? for, for every everything you know really? yeah God. Yeah, and and so when you found the paper, I mean, how how many papers at that point had you tested? Like, I know you say oh, a bunch, like it was countless, bro. Really, countless. I mean, every basically for that first whole month, and even after that, I'd still do this. But like at least that month, every single day, I, that was my my mission. You know, to what I mean, figure out to what find, paper. I would go to makeup sections to look for different color shifting nail polishes, holographic stuff. You know, just to experiment and find what works what doesn't um so like going to makeup sections art stores craft stores bookstores just everything looking for paper and and certain kinds of makeup to do because i knew like how to you know the pr print the strip in the watermark wasn't an issue you, i knew you just printed it the problems were basically the color shifting ink and the paper i would use so those two things were on my mind i was just all day every day constantly editing these images on the computer and going to the store looking for different types of paper and makeups and paints and you know yeah so uh, but eventually I, I found the bible paper and it worked perfect for for everything i needed it to um and uh i stumbled across this type of eyeshadow um it, it's it's a, a holographic eyeshadow but it's really just like a color shifting pigment you know what i mean mm -hmm. um so I found that too, and, and like basically everything kind of just fell into place. And I, I eventually printed it on this Bible paper, used the makeup, did all this stuff, and it, it like I finally had something that was good. You know what I mean? And I knew it. So um, at that point, yeah, I was. Uh, but before I, I kind of found all this for the, the hundreds, I was selling my drug dealer friend 20s. Oh, so, so he, so you he were, could just go re up. So the 20s were easier to make. 
Well, yeah, at that point, I wasn't putting strips and watermarks in the 20s. Like, oh, I was okay. just getting a good cotton cotton paper and printing them, you know what I mean? Okay. And Because he was mixing in these 20s with, like, however much, probably like 10, 20,000 worth of, of real money, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. To go to uh, Atlanta to re-up. So, like, I'd just give him envelopes with, like, five grand and, and fake 20s, and he'd mix it in with all this real money. And, you know what I'm saying, I don't know. Maybe he got, I mean, he never told me he got caught by his people, but I'm sure they eventually found out. Then, you know what I mean? But, yeah. But so I was selling him these 20s. I finally get this recipe for the hundreds. Like, I figure out, okay, this Bible paper works, all this shit. And then, like, literally, like, within a week, like, I figure out this, this recipe for these hundreds, and then my dude gets arrested. They, the police raid his house for, for selling dope. You know what I mean? Mm. And they, they found counterfeit money in his house. Mm-hmm. Like, that wasn't their reason for being there. Um, but yeah, he, he, one of his charges was possession of counterfeit money. So I was like, you know, fuck, I didn't have it. Now I don't have anybody to sell these to, but I, but I, I've got this rest. I got these hundreds looking good. You know what I mean? So at that point, uh, my lease was up. So me and my wife and kids go stay in a hotel. Um, and I didn't have anybody to sell these hundreds to. So I started fucking breaking them myself, which sucked. I didn't want to do that. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, again, like, I wasn't really making money at this point. Like, I just, you know what I'm saying? I was getting by, selling him the 20s, whatever. But uh, but then he gets arrested, and I was like, I had, like, $1,000, if that, to my name. So we just get a hotel, and that lasted a few days. And then it was like, okay, now I'm desperate again. So mm-hmm. I started just going to stores, you know what I mean? And so break, you were, breaking these you were, did you take, you didn't take the money and then pay for the hotel? Mm-mm. Are you a... No, no, with fake money? Yeah. Hell no, 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 no. <laughs> In fact, that's a funny story. Like, see, I mean, obviously, you put a hotel on your name, you know what I mean? If you give them mm. fake money, that's just not, you right. know, a good idea. Mm. One hotel I was staying at, I was uh, I was staying at this hotel with this drug dealer that I, I was fucking with. This is years later, you know, mm. or like a year later. But, uh, and I, I think I gave him like a sample hundred or something, like, to show him. And what was it? I forget exactly. Basically, some and I knew the person that worked the front desk at this hotel. Mm. She and she came up to me and was like, "Man, I got a, a fake hundred dollar bill." Or like she mentioned it to me that she received one, and I was like, "Motherfucker!" Because I'm staying at this hotel. Mm-hmm. So like, even though somebody else gave it, paid their paid for the room with this fake bill, like it's still I'm at this hotel. Like I don't want this heat. You know what I mean? It fucked me up. So I like I even took it from her. I was like, "Here, I'll fucking pay you. I'll use a hundred bucks. Just give me that." You know what I mean? I just didn't want the police to get involved or anything. So, but yeah, that kind of fucked me. I never. So basically, I never. Yeah, never used. I, I didn't even like to buy cigarettes or anything with a fake hundred bill, just because you have to show them your ID. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if you, you know, they got show they them got your a ID, paper trail. Yeah, they they just see your name. Sometimes they scan your ID. I don't know if there's a record of that or you know what I'm saying. So yeah. I was always really cautious about. You know, being anonymous when I'm when I'm breaking bills. Yeah, for sure. and so you were just taking the the hundreds in in the stores and just getting change for them. Yeah, at first that was um, like everything kind of progressed, and I learned from my mistakes and learned how to make more money. But at first it was just yeah, like going into a store, buying ten bucks worth of shit, getting ninety dollars change, go to the next store, and just do that all day every day. Um, mm. Eventually, I kind of learned you know, better way, like buying money orders, you know what I mean? You give them a few hundred bucks and get a money order and go cash the money order or, 
buying uh, I started buying Visa prepaid gift cards because I was living out of hotels and I, I I didn't want my name on the hotels. So we'd buy prepaid Visa cards so I could put it on you know charge the room on Expedia or whatever hotels.com mm. and you can use a prepaid Visa card so there's no name attached to it. You can just give them a fake name and you know what I'm saying. Um, but the good thing about the Visa cards is like there's a there's like a two three four there's like three ninety nine fee attached to a hundred dollar prepaid visa card so it's like you know if you buy one it's like a hundred and four dollars so i'd give them two fake hundred dollar bills and get the hundred dollar prepaid visa card and 95 dollars change so it's almost like doubling up like mm. and a lot of stores have multiple registers so i'd go to like a walmart and hit up you know a register up front the electronic center register okay. the garden center register another one up front and i'd send a girl in with me to do the same thing and it's like we're making, you know, at this point we're making fifteen hundred per store. You know, what I mean, a thousand. Yeah. So it it got better over over time. You know, what I mean, but at first, yeah, I was just going buying a couple tacos and getting ninety dollars. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah. Shit, that got to be nerve wracking, huh? At first, Man. at first it was like I didn't even want to do it because, like, you know, you get in your head like I'm not sure. Like I knew the bills looked good. Like, I'd show them to, like, my wife or certain certain people I trusted, and they'd be like, oh, these look f- fucking great. Mm-hmm. But still, like, you know what I mean? I, I study this shit. I know all the, the security features. I know, like, oh, well, the microprinting doesn't look good here. It's a little blurry. But, like, no one really notices that. But in my, in my mind, they do. You know what I mean? So right. I was definitely nervous at first. But, <laughs> you know, after going to, like, four or five different places, ten places, the first, like, ten places I went to, I mean, every, I'd hand them the bill, and they'd just hold it up, look. And cash it or just mark it with a pen like they don't even look at the shit yeah you know they just they're trained to just look for a strip as soon as they see it boom yeah. or, or mark it as soon as it marks yellow take it so like going after the first like 10 15 places there was never a problem it was just like it was nothing so then i was just like okay yeah. <laughs> i'm not nervous anymore yeah. I'm, i'm spend them everywhere yeah you know what i mean so man so I know for me, my I did like petty shit. You know what I mean, like little crimes. But when I always did uh, did something that probably I shouldn't have been doing, I was the most nervous when I started getting comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I know like eventually I'm gonna get caught if yeah. I do this too many times. And that I think that's what's probably saved me from being like a real fucking criminal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because I already know that's the thing that gets people caught up when they get comfortable oh, yeah. in whatever they're doing and then you start getting sloppy or you start taking shit for granted mm-hmm. where in beginning when you were really like kind of like oh, I don't know if I'm you know what I mean you start paying attention to everything but then as you get like oh yeah no nah, it's it's going to be easy you know what I'm saying that's when I would, that's what me personally in my head I'd be like okay this shit is getting too easy I need to fucking chill out yeah. you know what I'm saying I mean I definitely had had those feel I mean I was always like really cautious and paranoid mm. but uh you know yeah it comes to a point to where like i just kind of accepted like i'm gonna get caught for this eventually mm. you know what i mean like because mm. like you know it's hard to stop when you when you've got i mean every day it's like this is i mean as much money as you want really you know what i mean free money you can print money like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, i'm doing this till <laughs> the wheels fall off bro you know what yeah I mean? but, yeah but uh but i was always still like really uh cautious you know tried tried to 
put off the inevitable for as long as I could. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, if I was going back to my hotel room where there were printers and stuff, I'd like make U-turns, like pass it, make a U-turn, pass, make sure I wasn't being followed. Mm. Um, you know, I'd always park far away from every store, you know, walk so they couldn't get my license plate number. You know mm. I mean? I'd park in some na- residential neighborhood over here and, and walk, you know, a little ways to like a shopping mall and just bust them down and grow like a beard for mm. a couple weeks and then shave it and just try and, you know I mean? Just tried. I actually thought about how to, you know, uh, you know, disguise myself or, or think of actual ways to try to get away with it. You know what I mean? Cause mm. I, eventually I started seeing, uh, like bolos out for me. Like What's a bolos? A, a be on the lookout. Oh, like, yeah, there were like pictures of me and my wife breaking these bills in certain stores throughout Knoxville and stuff. So really? Yeah. So at oh. that point, that, that was mm. not good. You know what yeah. I mean? That's definitely sketchy. That's, <laughs> that got to be a fucked up feeling. Yeah. You go into yeah. a store to break a hundred and your pictures on the wall. Well, like. they, they were posted on like, uh, there's this website, Knoxville crime. It's like oh. a kind of like a public service, uh, whatever it like, you know, if you steal someone's bike or something and have mm. video, you can post it on. This. So like, there was stuff like that uh, on that website about me and my wife. And, oh, shit. But they didn't know my name or anything. They were just like, we're looking, you know, these people are breaking bills throughout the city or whatever. Yeah, man. But, so how long did you, um, were you going into stores breaking the bills? How long did that last? Uh, probably about two years. Really? Yeah. Shit, that's a nice little run. Yeah, I mean, yeah. and that's not even what got me caught up, you know what I mean? Really, because, yeah. like, I, I didn't want to spend it myself. I wanted to just sell them. Because I figured that was a better way to not get caught, you know, which obviously I was wrong on that one. But (laughs) so, like, I was breaking them in stores to to get money to live and this and that. But I was also like at that point I was doing heroin. Like I never used needles. I don't like needles, but I'd snort it and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was doing heroin. So I'd buy heroin, you know, with fake money from all these different dealers. Um, And, you know, some of them found out the bills were fake. You know, get all pissed off. I just fucking ignore their calls or whatever. Some of them found out and were, you know, impressed. They were like, holy shit, these bills are fake, you know, and they'd want more of them to buy them, you know what I mean? Uh, so I started selling. At, at that point, I, I probably accumulated like 10 different pretty high-level heroin dealers that were all buying buying these bills. For every time they'd go to a different city to re-up, you know, they'd want however much I could get, you know, get them, basically. Mm. Um which usually I'd try to sell them like anywhere from five to ten, maybe fifteen thousand worth of fake, because I was selling it for twenty five cents, a quarter of its value basically. Mm-hmm. So ten thousand dollars would be like twenty five hundred. But okay. it, I mean, it it take a good solid day nonstop printing to make, you know what I mean, ten thousand dollars to sell them. So you bad twenty five hundred a day. 20, I mean, uh, a day's work. Yeah, I mean, no, normally like if somebody put in an order for ten thousand, I'd print like. 12,500 or something, you know, to have a, a couple thousand myself to go mm. break and then I'd sell him that. So if I go break $2,500, I'm getting like two grand out of it. And then if I sell the other 10, I'd get like two grand out of it, you know, mm. roughly. So like I, I preferred just breaking them as far as the money was concerned. You know, I mean, it made way more money just going to stores and, and buying shit because mm. you, you get like 80 cents on the dollar mm. you know what i mean because you're just buying something for 20 dollars and getting right. change but i knew that i thought that that was i was more likely to get caught breaking them myself so i, I sold them to um but 
eventually I ended up getting caught by selling them to somebody. So, mm, okay, yeah. man. So take me through that. So the drug dealers, the heroin, heroin dealers, they're buying them. You're selling them for 10, 15, you're selling 10, 15,000 worth of counterfeit, making that money. How long, how long? So you did the two years breaking the bills and then how long did you actually go or was that within the two years that was within the two within, years. within the two years okay yeah. i probably broke them you know i was dealing with that one guy he got arrested so i started breaking them i did that for probably well i mean i guess like really i i was breaking them myself for the two-year period but as it went on i i was buying heroin from these people and meeting people so like at first, there was, like, one guy I'd sell them to, and then I'd meet another guy, and he'd want them, so it kind of slowly stacked up. So towards the end, I was dealing with probably, like, ten guys that were all picking up bricks of heroin, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Buying money for me, but I was also breaking them, you know, but it slowly added up, you know what I mean? Yeah. How much How, mu- how much would you say, like, out of all of the, the counterfeit money that you made, about how much did you make off of that, out of everything that you sold from... From the whole time. Like how much did I walk away with? Yeah. Uh, God, Real money. It's hard to tell, man. Everybody asks me, like, what's the number? Like, how, much, <laughs> how much total? But it's like, it's hard to tell, really. I mean, if you factor everything in, I like, I probably made around a million of fake. But, I mean, I, you know, within a two-year period, I probably walked away with, like, I mean, I broke a lot of them myself. So, like. I'd say maybe 700,000, I'd say, give or take. I mean, I don't know, though. You know what I mean? It's really Yeah, because you're doing it every day. Yeah, and I'm, I'm doing it 10 grand at a time. Yeah. Some days, <clears throat> I, you know, no one would order any, and I was feeling lazy. I'd just print out a couple thousand, go break it myself. Other days, somebody would order 10,000, and I'd print out another 10,000 for myself. You know what I mean? So it was just, it was up and down, depending on how I how I felt, really, that day. You know? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> A million but, dollars. Well, over the, over the course <laughs> yeah, of a couple yeah. of years now. Yeah, you know? I'm just saying, but that's that's a lot of printing. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a fucking lot of printing back and front, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Shit. And the strip and the watermark in, in between them, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I would print multiple different layers for, for each side. You know what I mean? So, like, I'd have one uh, file that was just the background color, and I'd print the paper a color, you know what I mean, and then put it back in and print, you know, all the black ink, and then put it back in again and change all the serial numbers differently so all the bills had different serial numbers. Um, so it took a long time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, each bill, there was three prints for the front of the bill, two prints for the back, and then another print with the strip and the watermark, and then I had to spray it with this chemical to, to make so the pen's marked on it, and then paint on this color-shifting makeup, and then, you know what I'm saying, and then take a, a UV, invisible ink UV pen and draw a line down the strip to make the strip glow red. So, like, the whole process took a long time, you know what I mean? So For st- one bill? Yeah. How, about how long would it take you to make one $100 bill? So, if I were to just make, like, one right now or whatever, it'd probably take, like, probably 10 minutes. But if you print a bunch of them at once, you know, it gets faster because mm. you, while these are printing... I'm spraying these ones, and then while those are drying and those are printing, I'm doing, you know what I mean? So, like, it would take 10 minutes to print one bill, to make one bill from scratch. But if I was making 10,000, you know, I I just go to the computer and press print 10 copies, and that's 1,000 bucks. 
and then work on these 10 copies. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, it would probably take me, like, five hours to make 10000 You know what I mean? Yeah. So where are you getting all the paper from, though? Because I know you said you found it in the Bible paper. Like, are you just, you just, where you get where are you getting the paper from at this point? Well, uh, I tried, like, I looked up online, like, Bible Bible paper wholesalers, you know what I mean? Uh, and so basically, like, the only places I found were these giant manufacturers that only sell it in bulk, you know, reams of paper mm. this big come on a pallet from a freight truck, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I didn't want to uh, to go that route, you know what I mean? Like, because al- at this point, I'm already busting bills throughout the city. Like, I f- I'm paranoid. I didn't want a fucking freight truck to pull up at <laughs> some random house and, like, sign for it. I like, <laughs> need a fucking forklift just to get it off the truck, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just going to bookstores and... And just ripping out bl- the blank pages out of the back, you know what I mean? But I was also like, uh, you know, any way you could accumulate Bibles, really. Like, I, hotels, I was paying maintenance men at different hotels to, to bring me boxes of Bibles from the hotels. And just a bunch of different ways, really. Really? Yeah. And and the maintenance people, they'll just give you the Bible like they didn't need yeah. it for the hotel room? No, well, I'm just taking the blank pages out. So, I mean, oh, so you're I, just taking the, yeah, ripping them out and giving them back the Bible? Yeah, I mean, oh. some cases I did that. Sometimes they didn't care and just were like, you know, a lot of maintenance men at hotels are fucking drug addicts. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you give them $100, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll take the Bible. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, sometimes I just rip out the blank pages and give them back. You know what I mean? They didn't know what the fuck I was doing or why. It made no sense to them, but whatever, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. Damn. A lot of times, like, thrift stores have... I mean, some places give out free Bibles, you know what I mean? So it's like, you can you can find Bible paper, you know I mean? I did, for the most part, for years. How many pages, like, are, like, just blank, though, in the Bible? Like, how many? Because usually, if, if, if it's a Bible, it's already got printed words on there, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, it depends. Like, some, some Bibles don't have any, you know what I mean? Some Bibles have one in the front. Some have two in the front and two in the back. Some have, you know, five in the back. And then, like, but there are certain study Bibles that it'll say, like, notes at, at the, the back, like, last, like, 20, 30, 40 pages are all blank. And it just says notes at the top. So you can, like, you know, study the Bible or whatever, write notes. Mm-hmm. So, like, with those, you know, you got, like, 30 blank, 40 blank pages in the back and rip all those out. And that's, you know, 20 bills you can make out of 40 pages. So that one Bible, you know, I mean, it's worth a, a little chunk. I wonder what religion is. <laughs> <laughs> we need to thank that religion. No. <laughs> but damn. So, because I mean, I'm just thinking that's got to be a million dollars worth of paper, right? And each bill is two sheets of paper. Mm-hmm. So that's, damn. And I, on, so, okay, the book is like this, right? Are, the, are you are you printing them like long ways? Or are you printing them sideways? It depends on the size. Like your your typical like Gideon's Bible, like this, you'd find in a hotel room. I'd normally just print it uh, long ways. You know okay. I mean? I'd, you have see so you have the Bible paper's too thin, so you have to tape it onto regular printer paper to run it through the printer without oh. without jamming up. So okay. I mean, basically, however many I could fit on it, I would. You know what I mean? Like I I basically printed a little square on the printer paper as like a template as far as where the bill would be printed mm, you know what i mean i yeah, have a layer yeah. of just a box so i print that knowing where it would be so then as long as i cover that i just leave this much more of the bible paper to, to run tape along it 
and then just cover that box as long as that box is covered i, I, I can print yeah. it so some bibles were like this big and you know you could fit one two three four five you know sides on one page and like those big ones are usually study bibles that had you know a lot of blank pages so like there are certain bibles specifically that i mean they're worth like thirty forty thousand dollars worth of paper on one bible you know what i mean so yeah and i also heard on uh when you were doing concrete where you 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 found a hotel or it was one of the maintenance guys where they stopped putting bibles in the uh hotels yeah a lot of hotels do that now, really. Um, like, you can you can request a Bible, but mm-hmm. they don't just put one in the nightstand anymore. I mean, some of them still do, but some of them don't. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of how I thought to, uh, like, because I'd always, I was living out of hotels for a while. I mean, I'd rent a house for a month or two and then say, fuck it, and go back to hotels because I was traveling around so much. Mm-hmm. But living out of hotels... I like every night I'd go to a, if I got a new room I'd take two blank pages out of the Bible you know what I mean it's mm-hmm. worth a hundred bucks whatever but it's there I'd just grab right. it um, but like certain hotels I'd I'd noticed that like there wasn't a Bible in there so just one day randomly I finally was like um, you know I saw the like a the worker maintenance guy whatever at the hotel and I asked him I'm like hey you don't you know where's the Bible at and he was like oh I'll get you one so I was like okay I'm like what do you guys not keep them in the rooms anymore. And he basically was like, no, they're, they're uh, upon request. Like, you, you know, if somebody asks us for it, we'll get you one. But otherwise, we don't keep them. So I basically found out that he's, he's got like five boxes full of Bibles in this maintenance man closet. You know what I mean? So I was like, and I could tell by looking at him that he was, you know, had a rough life a little bit. I was like, yo, I'll give you $100 for all these Bibles. I'll give them right back to you. You know what I mean? Let me and he like it didn't make sense to him, but you wave a hundred dollar bill at somebody, and it was a real hundred. I wouldn't fuck him like that, you know. What <laughs> but but yeah. anyway, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, that kind of sparked the idea of the maintenance man thing, like paying hotel workers to bring me all the Bibles. Mm. So, I mean, I had churches donating Bibles. Uh, you know, th- there's all sorts of ways that you can come across it, and I wasn't like destroying the Bibles. I was just taking two taking or three the- blank pages out of the back, and then you could still do you know whatever. So yeah. Dang. And then you'll give him back and he'll be like, thanks. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, he, he doesn't yeah. know what the fuck's going on. Yeah. But he's going to buy a gram of dope now with the $100 I just gave him. Yeah. yeah. And then somebody else can still use that same Bible because yeah. none of the actual pages. Exactly. Like when I go into bookstores, I mean, no one would even know I was there because it's, you're not stealing anything. You know what I mean? You're Well, actually, I did get. I got a citation for theft one time because I walked into a Walmart and I did that. And, like, I guess loss prevention was watching me or whatever. And I was, like, ripping out, uh, you know, there's probably, like, five or six Bibles in the book section of Walmart. Mm-hmm. So I take, uh, you know, the blank pages out and I just tuck, like, fold it up, tucked it in my pants, put my shirt over it. You know, like, not thinking anything because, like, you're not really stealing anything. I didn't, but anyway, go to walk out and this loss prevention officer was like, excuse me, come with me. So I was like, what the fuck? Go in this office, and he's like, I know you're stealing something. Like, I don't know what it is, but I saw you stuff something down your pants. So I was like, you know, eventually I was like, he pulls it out, and it's just these, like, blank pages. (laughs) Like, it's just, like, ripped up paper. And he was like, the fuck is this? (laughs) You know what I mean? And I didn't, like, you know, what do you say to that? I can't tell him what I'm doing with it. So I was just like, I don't know what to tell you, bro. Like, do what you're going to do with me. (laughs) And, like, finally the cop was just like, just write him a ticket, give him a court date, whatever. Like, I guess for theft of the the damaged Bibles or Um, something. Like, I don't know what mm -hmm. they did, but it was eventually dropped. But 
nonetheless. It's kind of embarrassing. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> in jail for thirty for paper. Crazy, bro. <laughs> yeah. So how do you eventually get caught, man? How did the guy set you up? Um, so, you know, I I accumulated all these drug dealers from different cities, like. Because Knoxville has drug dealers from a bunch of different cities go to Knoxville. Because dope's expensive in Knoxville, but mm. super cheap in Detroit and Cleveland and Atlanta. You know what mm. I mean? So they go to these mid-level cities to sell dope and make, you know, as, mo- as much money as they can. But So I, I knew people from, uh, was dealing with people from Detroit, uh, Flint, Cleveland, uh, Atlanta, Chicago, you know, all these people that were living in Knoxville but buying their dope in different cities mm. and then coming, coming you know, re-up. And yeah. Yeah. So I, I ended up, uh, like, meeting this guy from Cleveland. It was this, like, kind of like a family, I guess. It was, like, him and his brother and his cousin all kind of switched. You know, they'd he'd be selling dope for a few months and then give the phone to his brother and his brother would so they could kind of, like, take turns selling dope with the same cell phone number. So it was mm. all the same people. But, um so, like, I ended up ripping this guy off, like, for a lot of money, really. I was buying, like, an eight ball a day for fucking three weeks. I mean, a month, like, I got him probably, like, $10,000 over the course of a month. Mm. Um, and uh, I guess he said it was raining one day. So his the bill got wet, and that color-shifting makeup came off. So he found out they were fake that way. Mm. But I had gotten him for, like, $10,000 first, you know what I mean? So, uh he wasn't happy about it, but he was able to use the bills to re-up and spend them, so he wasn't, like, too pissed, you know what I mean? He wanted more of them. So I started dealing with him, um, and we'd go up to uh, to Cleveland, and, you know, I'd break bills, and he'd do his thing with the drug thing, and then, you know, we'd come back, and uh, we did that for about six months until one day I was supposed to go to Cleveland with him, <clears throat> um, but I got arrested on a little petty charge. Like, a, I had a failure to appear for, like, traffic tickets. So I go to jail for, like, the night, bond out, and he already left without me because he had to re-up. Like, he wasn't waiting for me, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, at this point, we, we actually were renting a house together. <clears throat> um, so I go home, and one of his little runner chicks uh, that was selling dope for him while he was gone was basically like... <clears throat> She's like, E told me not to tell you this, but he got arrested up in Cleveland. I just thought you should know. So I was like, damn, you know what I mean? He told you not to tell me. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of sketchy, good. yeah. <clears throat> and, it, I mean, in this house, he was selling dope, and uh, <clears throat> I had, like, a whole studio in the back, you know what I mean? Like, printers and computers and ventilation fans sucking so I could spray the bills with this chemical and all this. So... When she told me that, I was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Like, I grab all the equipment, go stay in a hotel. So, like, uh, maybe two days later, he calls me. And uh, he's wanting to meet up. Excuse me. Mm. He's wanting to meet up. Um, He was supposed to get uh, some boxes of Bibles from a maintenance guy he knew up in Cleveland. Um so I was like, yeah, I'm not meeting up. I was like, I'm just traveling around, bro. I'll, I'll talk you, like, trying to avoid the conversation. Um, he was like, well, I got those Bibles for you. I was like, all right, just hold on to them. I'm, I'm out of town. Like, you know what I mean? What do you want? Like, I'll call you later. Um, and then he was like, well, uh, he kept being, like, persistent about meeting up with me. And I already knew, like, what time it was. You know what I mean? I knew he got arrested. He's keeping a secret from me. Now he's like trying to meet up he wasn't ta- saying anything over the phone though so i was like i kept bullshitting with him like you know what i mean um 
But then he basically was like, I couldn't re-up up in Cleveland. Can you get me 700 grams from some of your Detroit people? And, not, like, when he asked that, I was like, bro, you just got arrested. What the fuck are you doing, you know, talking over the phone like this, bro? You're talking reckless. You're not telling me you just got out of jail, bro. I'm like, you're being sketchy. I don't sell drugs. You know I don't sell drugs. Goodbye. You this is the mean? conversation y'all having <clears throat> over the phone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was it, basically. That's all it took because they uh, – GPS, they tracked my phone just from that conversation, which I didn't think, you know – I figured, like, okay, maybe he's cooperating. He told them my name. Um, but, like, when I grabbed everything from the house, I grabbed everything. Like, there was no evidence at the house. So I figured, like, maybe they're building a case on me. They're investigating me. You know what I mean? But, like, I didn't think they had, had anything. You know what I mean? So I wasn't too, like, uh, nervous about it. You know what I mean? Um, like I said, I kind of knew it was inevitable I'd get caught eventually. I was thinking I was smarter than the, the feds and I could, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> navigate through all this. But, um, but yeah, just talking to him, I guess his testimony, they, they tracked my phone, kicked in the hotel room door. I was in the middle of printing when they came in. Shit. So, yeah, wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't. And, and this is the secret service that, that kicked, <laughs> kicked the door in. Um, oh, yeah, it was so, just like state police. No, no, it was, uh, so he got, so what happened was when he went up to Cleveland, He got pulled over. I guess he had a stolen car. Like, he bought this car from somebody, but it was stolen. But he had the title. Like, the guy that sold it to him had the title. So he didn't think it was stolen. But So he gets pulled over, and they find $20,000 in real cash and $5,000 in counterfeit money. Which I guess I saw in the police report. The police didn't even know the money was fake. They, like, seized his money, assuming it was drug money, deposited it in the police's bank account. And then the bank came back and told the police, like, hey five grand of this shit's fake you know what i mean so but so the cleveland uh district you know what i mean whatever it is ohio northern district of ohio secret service um basically made a deal with him and said we won't charge you if you bring us down to knoxville and set this guy up <coughs> now here's my question why do they want you if they just got him for the drugs and the money well they didn't find any drugs on him because he was he what didn't re-up yet oh okay so he was about to he just he, had the they found him with a bunch of money in a stolen car oh okay. but they knew he was a drug dealer you know what i mean yeah okay. and he, he admitted that he was a drug dealer like in his mind he was thinking like they didn't find any drugs on me mm. like i've got the the discovery the tapes of him being interrogated and basically they uh they were he was like um he offered to cooperate on me they, he was like, well, I can give you the guy that makes these bills. He's like, I just am in possession of them. You know what I mean? So they were like, okay, <clears throat> if you if we drop these charges on you and you give us the guy who makes them, we need to know you're being honest with us and, you know, cooperating and not lying. So, like, tell us the truth. What are you doing up at Cleveland with twenty five grand? you are a drug dealer, right? And I, I guess in his mind he was thinking, like, they didn't catch me with any drugs. Like, I'll just admit to being a drug. You know what I mean? So he admit, he's like, yeah, I'd sell heroin. and <laughs> You know what I mean? But either way, so he fucked himself on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> and the Secret Service had a good spiel to him. They were like, "We're the Secret Service. We don't care about drugs. That's not even our jurisdiction. Like, we're just worried about this money. We just need to know you're being honest with us." So he admitted to like selling heroin, buying these bills from me, all this stuff. Like he just told them every everything that was going on. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so the the Cleveland Secret Service basically said, "We won't charge you." If you drive us down to Knoxville and set this guy up, 
So he agrees. So they let him out. He comes to Knoxville and uh, sets me up. You know what I mean? They let him go as, like, an informant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I guess through all that, the the Eastern District of Tennessee Secret Service charged him. <laughs> so, like, the Cleveland Secret Service let, didn't charge him in that district, but then they brought him down to Knoxville, and Knoxville was like, well, we're still going to charge you. You know what I mean? So he was a co-defendant on my case, but... He, like, basically the Secret Service fucked him, really. <laughs> like, um. But by the time they raided the room, it was the Cleveland Secret Service, Knoxville Secret Service. Uh, there was the Drug Task Force there, uh, KPD, Organized Crime Unit. Um, and I don't know if, like, DEA was there or not, but I know the Tennessee, like, State Drug Task Force was there. Because he was trying to, he was saying that I could get him kilos of heroin because, you know what I mean? Which I didn't sell drugs, but I was I knew a lot of like big players in that mm. that scene, you know what I mean? So he was trying to get me to just middleman it for him, like just get it for me from your people. Mm. So it's like you know I mean that that that's fucked up, you know what I mean? I don't even like a, a heroin conspiracy is like five ten years, you know what I mean in the feds. So he's trying to set me up for that shit when I don't even you know what I mean I do personal use shit, but I wasn't selling like bricks of fucking dope, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so after that they raided the hotel. Like I said, it was uh, originally it was state charges um, until the Secret Service, because they didn't know who I was. They just said, he basically told them, like, I can bring you down to Knoxville and get you this guy. So they had no evidence on me at all except for his testimony. Mm. Um, so by the time they arrested me, the uh, it was on state charges, and then they, but like I said, I was printing, like, in the process of making, like, 10 grand. I was printing 6000 for these Detroit dudes that I that put in an order for me, and I was making, like, a few extra thousand for myself when they, they kicked the door in. So they got, uh, you know, computers with all these files on them, and they need a warrant to go through the computer. So that took a few weeks of them getting a warrant or whatever, searching through it. So eventually those state charges were dropped, and the feds, you know, served in the indictment. But mm, God damn. <clears throat> Shit. So from the time you get arrested from the from the hotel, it took three months before they actually the secret service the secret service actually indicted you. Yeah, I think it was like three and a half months. And it, it was, and in that time they was just trying to get the warrant, but they already had all the all of the evidence. Uh, I mean, I'm not sure exactly. Like basically, yeah. they just. Uh, I know it said they, they got a warrant to go through my computer, which, I mean, they already had. I think the feds had enough evidence to, to indict me right away, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it took them a few months to finally serve me the paperwork. Because, like, I, when I was arrested on the state charges, they put a bond source hearing on me. So, like, if I tried to bond out, I'd have to supply whatever the amount is. Like, I think it was, like, a $150,000 bail or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'd also have to provide documents to the court to prove the funds were legitimate and where they all came from and stuff. So, like, there was no way I was bonding out. Mm, you know what I mean? So, yeah. And they, I'm sure they knew that. Um, so, yeah, they had time to, to just build their case on me. But it took them, like, three months. Finally, I uh, get called to go to court. The, my, like, public defender in the state was like, they're going to drop their charges on you because the feds are going to serve you an indictment today after court. So, And, I, I mean, I already knew it was coming. Um, cause I saw all the secret service patches and you know what I'm saying? Like I already knew what, what was going on. Um, but like also I was grateful in a way because the, uh, 
the state, at first, they were basically telling me I was looking at, like, 8 to 12 years in the state for, for you know, like, Knoxville probably wasn't too happy. Like, I was spending a lot of money in the Eastern District of Tennessee, mm-hmm. you know. But, uh, you know, with the feds picking it up, all those cases were consolidated. So, like, mm, okay. they couldn't put me put a hold on me from Atlanta and Cleveland and Detroit and all these cities. You know, if, if the feds didn't pick it up, they could – all these different counties could charge me. And I'd be just spending a long time hopping around from county jail to county jail fighting these cases or whatever. Yeah. So the feds, when they picked it up, it all consolidated to just, you know, one conspiracy charge. So mm, it was really okay. for the best. Okay. All right. And how much time did you end up doing? Um, well, I only ended up doing 10 months. <laughs> really? But, yeah, they offered me a, a deal that, that was pretty good. Uh, so, like, uh, at first – they, I was looking at like three years was the charge because like that uh, weed charge I had when I was younger was adjudication withheld. So like in the feds, uh, my criminal history was really low. Mm. Um, and basically like they, they came to me and said, you're looking at like three years right now um, because like once you hit over $100,000, it's an enhancement. Mm. So they were like, but if you plead guilty today, they're like, we'll, we'll drop it right under 100000 So that avoids that enhancement. Mm. So that three years will get knocked down to like two. And then they were like, and, you know, these are the best bills we've seen in a long time. They were like, if you can make a training video showing us how you made the bills, we'll give you cooperation credit on top of it. A training video? Yeah. So, like, I guess they, the Secret Service tries to do that with, like, you know, good counterfeiters or whatever you know i mean they (laughs) want to know how you did it how you learned about it um this and that and there was like some of the the new blue notes that i had in my possession that looked really good which they were really interested in um so basically yeah they just wanted to know like how i learned about this stuff um how i made them they wanted me to like make a couple bills on camera so they could use that video to train future agents you know what i mean as like a whatever however they train secret service agents Mm -hmm. but so Avoiding that enhancement, that three years got knocked down to two, and then they were basically like, if you make this video for us on top of it, we'll give you a a 30% reduction. You know what I mean? Which is, so that 24 months got knocked down to uh, the range of 10 to 16 months. Mm. So, and luckily the judge gave me the low end at 10 months, so yeah. But they also, like they said, we won't charge your wife with anything, you know, because my wife was arrested with me originally. Really? Yeah. But they, you know, they basically, like, the Secret Service agent was really cool. He was like, uh, he's like, I know you have a drug problem. I know y'all have kids. He's like, I don't want to see your f- your kids go to foster care and both of y'all go to prison. And, you know, so he was like, you know, he was he was not a bad guy, really. The Greg Watson. Appreciate that. <laughs> Shout out to Greg. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Greg. <laughs> but, uh, Man. but, yeah, they gave me a good deal. And so, like, I, uh, I pled guilty, made this... Uh, you know, went to the Secret Service headquarters. They flew a film crew down from D.C. with, like, the head of the counterfeiting department and this film crew. Uh, and, yeah, just, like, explained all the evidence, what it was, how I learned about it. So they you, know, you use your, they you used the, the evidence that they took from you to, mm-hmm. to remake it in front of them? Yeah. I, yeah, I wasn't sure uh, how they were going to do that. But, uh, yeah, I ended up just walking in this room, and it was just this big table with, everything from my hotel room that they raided mm. all these printers computers i had like uh like a, a suitcase full of different like chemical sprays um 
and uh you know color shifting makeup uh, just all sorts of stuff i was experimenting with and using and like all the all the supplies which a lot of that stuff they didn't know what it was or like why because a lot of like certain little pens i had where it just looked like a regular pen but it was actually really important to what i was doing you know mm -hmm. what i mean so yeah they just made me go through everything and kind of explain what was important how i learned about it you know the whole spiel <laughs> Shit. and while you're doing it you have to actually explain like okay this chemical is such and such and yeah. this is why damn yeah, I, I, I wasn't even thinking. I was making these bills, <laughs> and I grab, grab this can of lacquer, spray can, and start spraying it. Yeah. And then, like, I realized, like, we're in a room like this, you know what I mean? And, like, these Secret Service agents, all these people are like, oh, my God, like, I'm spraying lacquer inside. And everybody, you know, my lawyer ran out of the room. I guess she was pregnant. I didn't even know that. So she was like, oh, that stinks. It runs out, so. But, yeah, the Secret Service agent was like, keep going, keep going. Dude, you know what I mean? Like, they, they want that, that video. So. Yeah, golly, man. So, man, fucking incredible story, Jeff. Appreciate incredible it. story, man. It was, it was fun while it lasted. But yeah. I'm, ultimately, I'm glad I got caught, you know, because, it, like, I'm sober now. Things are, you know, seem to be on a good path for me, you know what I mean? Everything's yeah. going well for me now, you know what I mean? Good, so. man, good. I think you posted something on your Facebook I wanted to ask you about. You said... Signing on the dotted line. Can't wait to see what happens. Are oh. excited? What is, what was that? Are you signing a book deal, movie deal? What? Uh, well, I optioned my life rights to mm. a, a screenwriter director team at some film company. Oh, okay. Uh, so, yeah. So potentially a movie. Yeah, they're writing the script now. So I don't don't know where it'll go, but you know what I'm saying. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be something. Yeah, absolutely. So what what is that process like of them making a movie? They just sit down and ask you like. Explain what happened here and that kind of thing. Um, well, they they just kind of started doing it. Um, so like when it, I guess they saw me on Concrete or Matt Cox. I did Matt. So first I did Matt Cox's Inside True Crime, mm. and then he got me on with Concrete. Um, and then that's when they they emailed me and basically said, you know, we're interested in you know optioning life rights, blah blah blah. I talked to him on the phone for like three or four hours one night. Um, just kind of telling them the whole story with like details and you know stuff I think they might have like recorded it or something but mm -hmm. um, and then you know they signed me the contract or mailed me the contract I signed it now they're they just started writing it maybe a couple weeks ago oh, okay and, you know just kind of when they have a question about something specific just call me and you know they're, who you, they're who doing you, their who thing you? Yeah, who do you think is gonna play you? Who would you oh, like? To, who, I don't know. Who would you like to see play you? Hey, if, if that shit gets made, anybody can play me. I don't care. I should get that bag if it's made. Yeah, that'll be sweet, man. Yeah, that'll be sweet, man. Well, I'm also writing a book myself too. Okay. So hopefully that'll you know be done in the next six eight months maybe. Mm. It's hard hard long process though. Yeah, I heard them books are. are they they are grueling because you got to go through every single detail yeah. about everything, yeah. but I heard it's very lucrative on the on the other end. I mean, you know what yeah, I mean. After you finish, hopefully, a lot of people have said they were interested in re like. So, I mean, after I did concrete, especially like just my DMs flooded with all these random people, you know, encouraging me, Encur to write, including you know? me. Yeah, 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 I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah been awesome man it's that's been, cool man i wish you nothing but success man i mean fucking great story um 
What do you think the movie would be called? What would you want the movie to be titled? Oh, I don't. I mean, your, your life. The the book I'm writing is I, Dirty Money. I think is is what I'm going with. But the okay. movie, I don't know. That's all in their hands. You know, okay. I'm just sitting back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, yeah. Man, know. man. And I want to say, fuck Matt Cox, man. Fuck <laughs> you, Matt. Cox. Why you say that? I man, I have Matt Cox booked to come on to come on the podcast. Got him the plane ticket. Everything is. You know what I mean? Is is booked, and then all of a sudden he says, "Hey, I can't make it." Like a week before, and I'm just man. like, "What the fuck, man? What the fuck?" But he might matter. cool. I just I'm just busting balls with yeah, him. But yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, damn, yeah, that sucks. That sucks <laughs> but, I'm just like, "What hey, the fuck?" And I never never got the money back for the ticket. Damn. Like I was just like, "Fuck it." But it's all yeah. good, man. Well, he he helped me out. You yeah. know, he got me into all this shit. So I, you know, I mean, well, I got cool, it. man. But yeah, cool. I'm sorry that happened. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> it's all good, man. Yo, man, thank you, Jeff. Man, leave um your social media so people can get a hold of you or want to get in touch with you. Uh, leave your your information. Okay. Um. Well, I'm just now starting a YouTube channel. I don't know. It's just Jeff Turner. Um, trying to get that that going. Um. Jeff Turner on Facebook, uh, like what is it? J. Period Turner seven two seven on Instagram. It's about about all I really fuck with right now. So okay, all right. What's the best way? Instagram or Facebook? Do people get a hold of you? Uh, probably Facebook. Okay. Um, that's how I communicate with people pretty much on a daily basis. You know? Okay. All right. Yo, man, thank y'all for tapping in, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Appreciate my guest Jeff. For being on the show, man. Make sure y'all like, comment, subscribe down at the bottom, man. Thank y'all for tapping in. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Holla.